this is the season of gift giving. Big gifts and little gifts and expensive ones and not so expensive ones. Well, next time, the Twilight Zone gives you its own peculiar oddball brand of gift giving. Mr. Steve Cochran and Mr. Ernest Truex combine talents to tell a story about a little man who has what you need. Our next offering on the Twilight Zone. as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Twilight Zone. Matches. Pencils, buttons, shoelaces, anything you need, anything at all. Anything I need, huh, Pop? That's right. No chance. Why do you say that? Because nobody has what I need. You never know. Take a look in the tray. Forget it, old man. 
Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure. Every night you're out here selling this cheap junk. But I haven't seen nothing yet that fills the bill. Maybe you haven't looked close enough. Oh, I've looked, all right. Needles and thread, thimbles, eyeglasses. Where'd you get all this stuff? From a flea market? Here and there. It's a hobby of mine. You never know what people will need. What people will need? You're crazy, Pop, you know that? You're out of your ever-loving tree. Am I? You can bet on it. Standing here like this, nobody ever stops, right? Oh, once in a while they do. Sure. Why would they? All you got's junk. Why don't you trade it in for a tin cup? Stick a sign around your neck that says, Poor me, nothing to eat, and no place to go. That wouldn't be correct. I have a room of my own. <laughs> yeah, right. A cardboard box in an alley. Actually, it's a rooming house. Been there quite a few years. I pay rent like everybody else. With what? Nickels and dimes? What do they give you for crap like this? People give what they like. A little or a lot. Sometimes, nothing at all. Then you're loonier than I thought. Face it, you're a bum. Why don't you admit it? Nowhere to go and nothing to do. You mean, uh, like you? Listen, you old codger. I got lots of things to do and plenty of places to do them in. Fact is, I'm on my way someplace right now. I got business. I know. In that bar. It's where you're going. You walk in, but when you come out a few hours from now... Hey, you don't know a thing about me. Not a blame thing. So keep your trap shut. Sorry if I've offended you. I only meant that we're all exactly where we belong. The only shame is in not knowing opportunity when we see it. An opportunity, say, to improve our lot. Yeah? Well, I'm doing plenty to improve my lot. Just you watch. But you? You're going nowhere fast. You're going to stay right here till you rot. You're yesterday's news, old man. You're a big fat nothing. If you say so. I wish you a good evening, sir. Shoe polish? Ballpoint pens? Ah, get lost. I got business. Important business. Chewing gum? Candy? You've just met Mr. Fred Renard, age 36, who carries on his shoulder a chip the size of the national debt. It consists of an antagonism directed against the world, those who people it, and everything with which he comes in contact. The taste of his food, the temperature of his coffee, the fact that he has lost 11 jobs in the past year and three girlfriends in the past month. A general displeasure that is as much a part of the man as his eyes, nose, and ears. This is a sour man, a friendless man, a lonely, grasping, nervous man, a man who has lived 36 pointless, meaningless, undistinguished, failure-laden years on this earth, and who at this moment is looking for an escape, any escape, any route out of the norm, any path away from the sameness of his living, anything, anybody to get him out of his rut. And though he does not know it yet, the little old man on the street corner may turn out to be just what Mr. Bernard has been waiting for at an unlikely intersection in the Twilight Zone. And now, the Twilight Zone and our story, What You Need, starring Bruno Kirby and Bruce Kirby, with Stacy Keach as your narrator. Ready yet? For what? For me to pour you another one. I'm fine. You've been fine for an hour. I'm not finished yet. Then how come your glass is empty? You got a time limit? Look, we sell booze here, mister. We don't rent space. Is that a fact? 
that's a fact, buddy. Tell you what, then. Yeah? Why don't you just go take a flying jump at the moon? All kinds. You meet all kinds. You okay, miss? Yes, thank you. I was just leaving. Take your time. Oh, that was a heck of a season. Darn right it was. We could have gone all the way. Yeah, you pretty near did. Boston had nothing in the outfield. New York, forget about it. We had it all sewed up. How you doing, Lefty? Oh, I'm fine, Sal. Yep, all sewed up. Then they brought in that slugger from Cincinnati. Bring the man another beer. Oh, you don't have to do that. I know I don't, but it ain't every day I get to talk to Lefty Garrity. That was a while ago. Listen, the man wants to buy you a drink. You let him. Make it two. Two drafts coming up. Thank you kindly, fella. Don't mention it. Hey, Pop. Good evening, gentlemen and lady. Does anyone need anything? Anything at all? Not tonight, Pop. You, sir? I told you. Get lost. Ah, so you did. So you did. How about you, miss? Matches? Perfume? Really, I don't think so. A hair ribbon, perhaps. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the young lady's hair. Thank you. Why don't you give it a rest tonight, Pop? You might have a look just the same. I have a little bit of everything here. I guess I'll take some matches. You don't need matches, miss. I don't? I'll tell you what you need. Yes, I think I know exactly what you need. What is it? Cleaning fluid. Cleaning? Very good cleaning fluid, guaranteed. Removes spots of any and all kinds. I think you'll find it useful. I really don't... Believe me, miss. It's what you need. Well, I suppose I... How much is it? No charge. Here you are. There you go. Two drafts. Thanks, Sal. You looking at me, Pop? He's okay. I know he is. I've seen him in here before. What have you got there? Oh, many things. Odds and ends. Things you need. Things I need? What do you think I need, Pop? That's always the question, isn't it? A cigarette lighter. I'm afraid not. I don't smoke. A pair of socks, perhaps. Nah, that wouldn't help me. What I need, well, you wouldn't have that. <laughs> Tell them, Lefty. The old coop comes in here every night bugging everybody. Tell them what you need. Go on. And what might that be? A new left arm. A new arm, did you say? Lefty was quite a ball player in his time. Pitched for the Cubs. Then his arm went sour. Didn't it, Lefty? Didn't it go sour on you? Sure did. So that was what happened. I should know. I dropped a bundle on him at a Sunday doubleheader a couple of years ago. What do you do now? What does he do? Well, for starters, he comes in here seven nights a week looking for his career. I keep telling him it ain't at the bottom of a bottle. Sometimes there are alternatives. Other things a man can do. Instead of pitching? Instead of baseball? Come on, let's get back to the socks and shoelaces, Pop. All right, give me one of each. That's more like it. I think this is what you really need. A piece of paper? Go ahead, take it. It's like a bus ticket. That's right. That's what it is. A bus ticket. A ticket to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Scranton, Pennsylvania. What's in Scranton, old man? I'm afraid I couldn't say. Coal mines. That's what they got in Scranton, Pennsylvania. They got nice, lovely coal mines. You can't pitch with that arm, Lefty. Maybe you can dig with it. I wonder who that is. 
Sal's place. Somebody's old lady, probably. Or a bookie calling the collect. If it's for me, I ain't been in. Got it? What? Yeah. Yeah, he's here. Hey! I thought I told you. Lefty. Huh? You want it on the phone. Me? That's what the man said. Wants to talk to Mr. Garrity. You're kidding. Hello? Yes. Uh-huh. But he never got any calls before. No. Are you sure? Maybe it's his wife. Nope. He's not married. When? Hey, listen, if this is a gag... Right. I understand. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll be there. And, uh, thanks. Thanks a heck of a lot. Well, what do you know? A dead rich uncle or a horse come in? I can't believe it. Believe what? Old manager of mine. Said he's been calling around trying to find me for three weeks. I thought he was putting me on. You owe him money? He said he's got a job for me. A coaching job. Minor league club in Scranton, Pennsylvania. No kidding. That's great. A minor league club in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Wants me to take a bus there for, uh, for an interview. Well, if that don't beat all. You hear that, Pop? He wants me to take a bus. Does he? How'd you know? Coincidence, maybe, or just good fortune. Why question it? Why question it's there for you. But this ticket, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Better get packing, Lefty. You're wasting time. Oh, nothing much to pack. Uh, this is the only suit I own. Oh, I wish I had time to take you to the cleaners, though. You look fine. No, I don't. Still got this old stain on the front, see? Gravy or something. I'd like to look halfway decent when I meet the general manager. That's who's going to interview me, the general manager. Oh, I hate to look like a tramp. I can get a shave, but I don't have any other suits. Excuse me. I couldn't help but overhear. Why don't you try some of this on your jacket? What? It's supposed to be very good for that sort of thing. Uh, thank you, ma'am, but... Uh, miss. It's Miss. But I wouldn't want to... Here. Let me try. Uh, don't go to any trouble. All I need is a handkerchief. Yes, I have one. It should only take a few drops. Stand still. Well, I'll be. There. You look good as new, Lefty. Thanks very much, miss. I appreciate it. That's quite all right. Oh, lucky you were around. Not really luck. The old gentleman there, he's the one who gave me... Where did he go? Looks like he just slipped out. Ain't that something. What do I owe you for the drink? Hmm? Oh, make it a buck fifty. Here. Last of the big time spenders. What's he in such a hurry about? Candy, breath mints, pencils. I saw what happened. Something for you after all? A flower for your look down. Is this what I need? That's up to you, sir. Or a nice necktie. I have several different designs. What do I need, Omar? You tell me. One needs different things at different times. What do I need now? What do I need tonight? It's late. You stay right here. What do I need? Try this. What? Is this a gag? Because if it is, 
Oh, it's no gag. Then what in the... It's what you need. Scissors? That's right. I want you to level with me, old man. I mean it. I'll spread you out for three blocks. So bad, they'll have to scrape you up with a spoon. It... It's what you need. It really is. Go ahead, take it. So what do I need a pair of scissors for? You don't have to accept them, of course. The choice is yours. You're giving me a pair of scissors? Precisely. Let me get this straight. I'm gonna need these. But you can't tell me what for. I'm afraid not. Well, let me tell you one thing. What I need is something that'll do me some good. Like a tip on a horse at Belmont. One that's gonna finish in the money. Just give me the name, I'll do the rest. Sorry. I know nothing about gambling. Is that the truth? But you're asking me to gamble on this. A pair of scissors. What's it gonna get me? I couldn't say, but I do believe it's... What I need. I heard you the first time. Well, I'll tell you, Pop. I need scissors like I need a hole in the head. Say, what are you trying to pull? Pull? You help those people in the bar. But me? I get something to open my letters with. Something to cut a piece of string. Now, you listen to me. These things will cut a lot more than that. Like your throat. Don't you forget it. If you think I'm some punk, you can pull a joke on. No joke, I assure you. Ah, forget it. What am I wasting my time for? You're just a nickel and dime loser. I got better things to do. I got business. Big business. Very well, then. If you're sure. Give them to me. You said they were mine, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah, why not? See you in the funny papers, old man. Perfume, lipstick, kitchen utensils, anything you need. Say, listen, Carmine, I was looking at the racing form. What are you bothering me for? And I see a horse here looks pretty good. The sixth race tomorrow. Name of, uh, let me see, Staunch Soldier. Yeah, that's it. Don't make me laugh. That nag couldn't steal a purse from an old lady. I don't know, Carmine. Says they're taking the weights off. Plus, he's getting a drop in class. Sounds like a sure thing. So I was thinking, why don't you put a C-note down for me across the board? What'd you say? Must be something wrong with the line. You heard me. Come on, you know I'm good for it. No more credit, Freddy. But I tell you, I can make a mint. Don't con me, buddy boy. All right, 50 bucks. On the nose. I don't want to be greedy or nothing. She's coming in at 17 to 1. You know how much money that is? I told you, I ain't taking your bets. Now get off the phone. I got a business to run. But come on, I swear. Come on. Come on. Why, that dirty, lousy two-bitch. Same for you, pal. 
Mr. Renard. Yeah. About your bill. I'll settle up tomorrow. That's what you said yesterday. Hey, I got a big payoff coming in. Deal I'm putting together. Just got a little cash flow problem. Strictly temporary. Mr. Renard. Give me till tomorrow afternoon. If I don't have payment in full. Don't worry about it, okay? Five o'clock, the whole thing in cash. Till five o'clock tomorrow, then. At the latest. You got it. Come on, come on. What's with this elevator? About time. Fourth floor, you've broken down old piece of... Hey! What? My tie? How did it get caught in the door? Can't reach the button. Stop this thing! Stop! Get this off of my neck. Something quick. Something to cut it with. There. I don't believe this. I could have choked to death if I didn't have these. Billy! Evening, Mrs. Rajato. Oh, hi there, Mr. Pettit. You see that boy of mine? No, I haven't. I'll tan his hide when he gets home, staying out all hours. I wouldn't worry. He's probably out playing. Friends are important, you know, at his age. At any age, in fact. He's supposed to be doing his homework. His dad's gonna have a fit. I'll keep an eye out. Billy! You come in here right now, you hear me? Gotcha! Billy! You startled me. Did I? Hey, Mr. Pettit, um, you got any new toys tonight? Something wrong with your ray gun? No, it's neat. Only, well, I think I need a two-way wrist radio, too. Just in case. In case of what? Well, like, if there was a bad man, you know, I could call the cops. I don't see any bad men around here, do you, Billy? No, but what if there was? Tell you what. If you see any bad men, then you go inside and tell your dad. Or your mother. They'll protect you. Believe me. They're what you need most, not some two-way wrist radio. Are you sure? Absolutely and positively. Okay. Bye, Mr. Pettit. I gotta go home. See ya. See you, Billy. Sleep tight. Now, where's that light switch? You! Is this what I need? Spool of thread? Who let you in? You gotta get a new lock on your door. I could open this one with a toothbrush. How did you know where I live? No problem. I'm real good at figuring things out. You told me you had a room in a hotel. All I had to do was ask around. I'd appreciate it if you'd leave now. You missed this. Hip hop. Nice button. Is this what I need? Please, just go. Sure thing. Only you and I are going to have a little talk first. It's late. I'm an old man. Nice pair of scissors you gave me. I'm glad you like it. Now, if you don't mind... Save my skin. You should have been there. Why? I was on an elevator seat, and my necktie got caught in the door. Ain't that the craziest thing? Couldn't reach the controls, so I had to use the scissors to cut it off before it choked me. How did you know? I don't know anything. I think you do. 
I ask you a question. How? What difference does it make? It might make a lot of difference. What have you got? A fortune-telling machine in here? Some crystal ball? No, nothing like that. But you can look ahead, can't you? See the future. Sometimes. Then you're an A-number-one dummy. You got a million-dollar talent, and you dribble it away for nickels and dimes. You're a loser. Shh, please lower your voice. Now, you listen to me, old man. Your losing days are over. From now on, you got yourself a partner. I don't need a partner. I don't need anything. I'm content, Mr. Renner. I may have a certain gift, but I use it sparingly. Yeah, on bus tickets and cleaning fluid. You got cheap taste. But your new partner, he's not satisfied so easily. And what would satisfy him? Are you kidding? What satisfies him comes from expensive shops. It drives long and low on four wheels, and it fits nice and soft around the shoulders and drapes easy and looks uptown. Luxury, Pop. Luxury. Go ahead. Concentrate. What's in store for tomorrow? Let's go, old man. What do I need? Very well. Here. What's this? A pen. A lousy, old-time fountain pen? I've been sitting here reading the paper, trying to pick a winner. And what do you give me? A leaky fountain pen that drips all over the... All over the... Sports page. Sorry about the accident. Hold on. Accident, huh? Is that what it was? An accident that a drop of ink falls right on a... a horse's name? If you say so, Mr. Rennett. Take a look. Ah, this is wild. This is really wild. Sorcerer's Apprentice, that's the horse. Sorcerer's Apprentice runs in the sweepstakes tomorrow. Does it? Hey, Pops. Hey, you're all right. A leaky fountain pen. That's just what I needed. See you later. Yes, I suppose I will. In fact, I'm almost certain of it. Front desk. Nah, we don't have room service. They got eyes at the liquor store. Get it yourself. Likewise, buddy. Well, well, Mr. Renard. Hiya, Tony. Been waiting for me? Uh, I hope you got that back rent, because if you don't... I said five o'clock, didn't I? I need the whole thing, plus this week in advance. Otherwise... Here you go. 20, 40, 60. Hey, your ship came in, huh? I told you. I'm a man of my word. Sure thing, Mr. Renard. Anything I can do for you, let me know. You get the evening paper yet? Right here. Just came in. Let me see the sports section. Tomorrow's races. Here we go. I uh, was wondering... Uh, yeah? How about a tip? A tip? I mean, for the paper and all. You want something from the liquor store? I can get it for you. You want a tip? Here's one. Yeah? Don't play with matches. Why don't you take the elevator, Mr. Renard? Still works last time I looked. No, thanks. $210, 215 Still got $220 left. It's going to be a million. I'll parlay it all seven races. Not just horses, either. 
prize fights, football, baseball, basketball, anything. Come on, come on. Talk to me. Come on. I got some bets to put down, starting with... I told you, Freddy, no more credit. Listen to this. Put your ear close to the phone. Get off the line. Hear that? Cash on the barrel head. Me? I took a little ride out to the track. Hit a long shot, 23 to 1. Now listen, I got some business to conduct. Big business. Better write this down. Starting with the first race tomorrow. Hold on. What are you consulting your Ouija board? Are you kidding? All I have to do is take out my lucky fountain pen like this. Your what? Or should I say, my leaky fountain pen? <laughs> Let's see what it drips on this time. I'm hanging up. Hold on, I tell you. This will just take a minute. You gotta put the dough in my hand or it's no bad. So I'll stop by. Sure you will. Just let me give this a little shake. Hey, what gives? This thing's all dried out. What kind of a con is this? Try a magic eight ball, Freddy. It works better. Must have had one drop of ink left. Now it's empty. Why, that old crumb? That crook? One shot and that's it? No way. This thing is worth millions. It will be. I'll beat it out of him. I'll take it out of his hide. Buttons, needle and thread, shoehorns, anything you need. There you are, you old coot. Mr. Renard. That's right. Whatever your name is. Pettit. That's me. Well, Mr. Pettit, you sure came up short this time. Oh, how's that? The pen you gave me. Yes, I remember. It don't work anymore. Is that right? No ink comes out. What a shame. So I can't pick any more winners. You've already won a great deal, Mr. Rennett, for a man in your circumstance. How do you know? You must have. And the things we need, we only need once. What's that supposed to mean? Just for a single occasion, that's all. An egg, the hand of a clock, the book of matches, a rubber band, a harmonica, a piano key, whatever it may be. But just once, that's all they're ever needed long enough to present an opportunity what's next then next come on come on you know what i'm talking about nothing's next i'd rather not give you anything more that's so i'm afraid it is i want to tell you something about me old man i was born under a lousy zodiac i've had nothing but the bad end of the stick since i was four years old i feel sorry for you i really do you don't have to go to that kind of trouble just keep it coming Keep supplying me with what I need. I don't care if it's scissors to save my neck or a fountain pen that gives me the inside word. Whatever it is, I don't want it to stop. That's a pity. Because it must stop. What are you doing? Closing up for the night. But why? Why does it have to stop? Because the things you need most, I can't supply. Like what? Serenity. Peace of mind. Humor. The ability to laugh at oneself. Those are all the things you need. And unfortunately, it's beyond my power to give them to you. Try one more time. Take a look in my eyes. Come on, old man. Look deep. Look deep and tell me what I need tomorrow. You can see ahead. I already know that. Now, what do you see? Please. Go on. I said look. Please, you can't have to. What's in the cardboard box there? Go ahead. 
pair of shoes. All shined up, too. Take them. Is this what you've got for me? Yes. They're for you. Nice. They're tight, though. Sorry. Too tight. And they're leather soles. I hate new leather soles. They're slippery. But they're what I need, aren't they? I put them on, and I walk someplace. Is that it? I walk someplace where I'll get what I need. Perhaps. Hey, old man, so what's with it? What happens? I'm waiting. That's another thing you need, Mr. Runner. Patience. Yeah? Well, I'm tired of being patient. I sincerely suggest that... You giving me the business, old man? That's what you're doing? You giving me the business? I'll come right back across the street and take you apart, bone by bone. Listen. Let's hear it. Where are these shoes supposed to take me? Are they what I need? I never said they were, Mr. Rennard. But I'll tell you a little secret. They happen to be what I need. Why, you... Hey, watch when you drive Can't you see? Look out! No! No! Ah! Doctor, right out of his shoes. Somebody call an ambulance. Too late for that. I got the license plate. Mr. Renard, I looked in your eyes just as you asked. And what I saw was death. My death. You would have killed me. So what was needed, Mr. Renard, was one pair of slippery shoes. I'm sorry to say, that's all that was needed. Slippery shoes. Look at that old man. Is he all right? You okay? Oh, yes, I'm fine. Just fine. What happened? Didn't run, I guess. I heard the guy scream, and then the car just kept going. You see it, old-timer? Yes, most unfortunate. I hit and run. Can you beat that? Poor devil. Need anything tonight, sir? Shoelaces, perhaps? Matches? Anything at all? Are you kidding, fella? What would I need at this time of the night? I'll tell you what you need. You need this. A comb? It's yours, sir. No charge. Don't be rude, Harold. Well, thanks, I guess. Put it away. You never know. What's his story? He's a peddler. I've seen him around. He's a loony is what he is. Middle of the night, he gives out combs. Says it's what I need. Okay, folks, stand back. Better call for an ambulance. Looks like it's a little late for that. Evening, officers. What have we got here? Who are you? Rollins, Times Herald. Uh, you mind if I get some pictures? Go ahead. Just don't touch anything. All right, folks. Back up on the curb. Come on. Anybody see what happened? I did. I saw the whole thing. It was a hit and run. All right, get their statements. Right. You were both witnesses? Sure were. We'll need your names. And a picture, if you don't mind. Sure. For goodness sake, Harold, try to look presentable. Our picture's going to be in the paper. Yeah, I guess I'd better comb my hair. Well, we used the one that man gave you. Hey, where'd he go, anyway? Hold still for a minute. Say cheese. Street scene, night, a traffic accident, and a victim named Fred Renard. A gentleman with a sour face and a disposition to match, to whom contentment came at long last, after no small measure of struggle. Mr. Renard, who was finally provided with all he needed on a lonely street corner, 
in the Twilight Zone. More from the Twilight Zone after this. Hello, I'm Stacy Keach. I hope you're enjoying this edition of the Twilight Zone radio dramas. To learn more about this series, be sure to log on to our official website at twilightzoneradio.com. You'll find special discounts on our Twilight Zone audio collections, listings of our radio stations, links to other websites, and a photo gallery of our recording studio and some of our stars in action. Plus ways to contact us with questions or comments about the show. And for a limited time, when you log on to twilightzoneradio.com, you can send in for a free CD of the show. So be sure to visit us at twilightzoneradio.com. What You Need, starring Bruno Kirby and Bruce Kirby with Stacey Keach as your narrator, was adapted for radio by Dennis Etchison and written for The Twilight Zone by Rod Serling from a short story by Lewis Paget. Heard in the cast were... Christian Stolte, Jeff Lupiton, Frenette Lebo, Kurt Navig, Linda Ryder, Max Kirsch, David Darlow, Carl Amari, Meg Falcon, Doug James, Roger Walski, and Vince Amari. To learn more about the Twilight Zone radio dramas and to obtain audio cassettes and CDs of these programs, visit our website at twilightzoneradio.com. The producers of the Twilight Zone wish to thank CBS Enterprises, Carol Serling, Dennis Etchison, Dick Brescia Associates, Claire Simon Casting, Terry Jennings, XM Satellite Radio, Sirius Satellite Radio, our sponsors and our radio affiliates for helping make this series possible. This copyrighted radio series is produced and directed by Carl Amari and Jason Mallow for Falcon Picture Group. Doug James speaking. They're slippery. But they're what I need, aren't they? Yeah, I, I put them on and then, then I, I, I walk someplace. Is that it? I walk someplace where, where I find what I need. Well, what's with it, old man? What happens? I'm waiting. Patience. That's another thing that you need, Mr. Renard. Patience. What are you doing? Give me the business? Is that what you're doing? Give me the business? You know, I can come over there and take you apart bone by bone. Come on, old man, tell me. Are these what I need? I didn't say they were. But I'll tell you something. 
they happen to be what I need. Everybody, this is Tony with Between Light, Shadow, Science, and Superstition, and tonight we're going to cover a radio drama entitled "What You Need." I covered this episode uh, a few um, uh, days ago, and it was just one of the um, episodes that a lot of people really, uh, really liked, and it really took to. And um, it was one of my favorite episodes in the uh, Twilight Zone, um, the original classic Twilight Zone, as well. So I figured I'd cover this, and we'd uh, take something from the um, the archives of the uh, online Twilight Zone uh, radio drama uh, community. I, I love these. I, I really I tend to listen to these episodes um, all the time myself, and I, I just wanted to kind of like throw out a different iteration of a uh, an episode that I had already done, but it was one that uh, took a lot of... Uh, it, it was really uh, well-perceived, um, to say the least. So uh, enjoy tonight's uh, episode, and uh, 
I'll see you guys on the next episode. Twilight Zone, brought to you by Dual Filter Territon Cigarettes. The famous dual filter with activated charcoal brings through the great taste of Territon's fine tobacco. Twilight Zone has been brought to you by Crest. The toothpaste proved effective against cavities in year after year of clinical tests. Tests among thousands of families and homes like yours. Twilight Zone was brought to you tonight by Kleenex Tissues. The only tissue that gives you so much. The soft, strong tissue with the Kleenex touch. The Twilight Zone is brought to you tonight by the perfect coffee on the modern scene. New Aroma Roast Sanka Coffee. Rod Serling, the creator of Twilight Zone, will tell you about next week's story after this word from our alternate sponsor. And now, Mr. Serling. Next week, a distinguished actor lends us his talents as Mr. Burgess Meredith stars in Time Enough at Last. The story of a man who seeks salvation in the rubble of a ruined world. We hope you'll share this very strange experience with us. Thank you, and good night. sure to see the fun-filled family life of one of America's greatest entertainers, The Danny Thomas Show, Monday nights over most of these stations. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Twilight Zone. Entry. Fourteenth day, sixth month, year four, I think. Kind of runs together after a while. Got up this morning, same as always. Big deal, huh? I even made my bed. See, it's strictly the honor system up here. Yeah, one more day scratched off the old calendar. First thing I did was, let's see, I made a pot of coffee. That's what they call this stuff. Uh, next, some breakfast. Fake bacon and eggs. Hear that? Mm-hmm. Kind of makes your mouth water, doesn't it? Gotta watch the calories, though. Putting on some pounds around the middle. That's bad for the ticker. So, wouldn't want to check out before my time. 
I make it 46 more years, give or take a few. Anyway, welcome to my world. We still have something to play back later. Otherwise, I wouldn't have anybody to listen to. Because this way, I know I'm dealing with a higher class individual. Corey, you did it again. My compliments to the chef. Now, let's go outside and take a look around. Don't mind if I do. This is my backyard. And my front yard. It's all my yard now. No footprints in the sand except mine. I never even locked the door. Why should I? Nobody comes calling. Not even a lizard. Just miles and miles of nothing. Anyway, be back in a while. Time to go to work. I got a 1947 pickup truck out there. Been restoring it for years. Gives me something to do, like a hobby, you know? Alan B., he brings me parts a little bit at a time. Well, now he's gonna get the long block here. Now that's gotta weigh more than a few pounds. Bye for now. This is Corey, signing off. Welcome to the world of Mr. James A. Corey. A shack, a shed, and a yard made up of sand and scrub that stretches to infinity. His work? An old truck, cobbled together from junkyard parts. He takes his time, for there is a ritual to loneliness. Twice a day, Corey leaves his shack, goes over to his vehicle in progress, and makes a few minor adjustments. Then he sits in the front seat, stares through the windshield that isn't there, and perhaps succumbs to a wishful daydream that he is at the wheel of a moving car, and the car is on a highway, and there is some place to go. But this will have to remain a dream, because where this man is, there are no highways, no places to go, and no people to see. For the record, let it be known that James A. Corey is a convicted criminal placed in solitary confinement, and it matters very little that his confinement stretches as far as the eye can see. His sentence is the kind of isolation that can destroy a human mind. It is an exile far worse than a dungeon at the ends of the earth. Because he has been banished to a place well beyond the earth. In just a moment, Mr. Corey will discover that he may not be alone for the rest of his life after all. And with that discovery will come the requisite spark of hope. But a spark is all it takes to fire a man's imagination in the twilight zone. And now, The Twilight Zone and our story, The Lonely, starring Mike Starr with Stacy Keach as your narrator. There she is, dead ahead. Got it, Captain. Prepare for planetfall. All systems check. Sir? What is it, Carstairs? I got a question for you. How can we still call it Planetfall if it's only an asteroid? <laughs> That's a good one. Well, call it whatever you like, off the record. But we're on the record now. This isn't a training mission. Set the coordinates. Yes, sir. The surface is coming up mighty fast. I don't know how you can tell one sand dune from another. By doing this every four months, year after year. That's how. Corey's shack is just over the rise. I don't see... It's right there. Fire retro rockets. 
Increasing speed. Ready to nose up. Nose up. 40 degrees. 60. Keep pulling. 75. 80. 88. 90 degrees, sir. Now angle her down. Tail first. Piece of cake, Captain. What are the numbers? Oh, 0400 hours Earth time. Fuel 0.87 capacity. Cutting in a little close, sir. Oh, those meteors on the way out. We lost some precious time. Corey won't be very happy. He's not supposed to be happy, is he? You don't know him the way I do, Adams. He waits for these deliveries like a kid on Christmas. Always wants to hear how things are back home. What the women look like, how the world has changed. I'm the only contact he's got. I didn't stop here. I think he'd go stir-crazy. What'd he do, anyway? He stopped caring, that's what. After he lost his wife. Yeah? Then he got in a fight. Some say it wasn't his fault. The guy died, and he ended up here. They don't have room for any more criminals back home. The new regime, huh? I read about that. Uh, but he's had a lot of time to think. Nothing to do here but think. Prepare to set her down. I want a three-point landing this time. Yes, sir. Tailfin's ready. We're going in. Let me pour you a real drink. 
Thanks, Corey. It's real nice of you. Not right now, Carstairs. If you say so, Captain. Hey, this isn't so bad, huh? I like the way you set it up in here. Sure, sure. I have what I need. Most of it anyway. Thanks to the captain there. Yep, you got it, May. This is Corey's kingdom, and it never changes. Sit down, everybody. How about a little poker? Four-handed draw, jacks to open. Who's in? Uh, we don't have much of a layover this time. All right, no openers. Joke is wild. Uh, there was some trouble on the way, and we lost time. Deuce is wild. How's that? A blackjack. Anybody want to play blackjack? You can count to 21, can't you, Adam? Listen to this guy. Look, we've only got 15 minutes, guys. So what? Nobody's checking your schedule out here. What's the big deal? I'm sorry, Corey. This isn't an arbitrary decision. If we delay our departure by more than 15 minutes, that places us in a different orbital position. We'd never make it back to Earth on the fuel we've got. We'd have to stay at least 14 days before we're in position again. So? Why not hang out here? I've got some beer put away. I can turn up the generator and get it cold. We'll sit around, talk. It's just not possible. It's a few lousy days. A few hours, even. A couple of card games, at least. How about you guys? What's the matter? Think I'll murder you or something over a bad hand? Not this time, Corey. All right, all right. Three or four minutes gone already. Better get going. I wouldn't want to foul up your schedule. Not for a lousy game of cards or a few bottles of crummy beer. How's your water supply? Don't worry about it. I got plenty. Well, I'll have a cupful then, if you can spare it. Sure. We've got some fresh on board. I'll have the men bring it over. You do that. I brought you a few more things, too. I uh, thought you could use them. Thanks. Any news? Not yet. But I told you last time, there's been some pressure back home about this kind of punishment. A lot of people think it's unnecessarily cruel. Well, who knows what'll happen the next couple of years. And they may change their minds, rewrite the law, bring you back to a prison on Earth like the old days. Allenby, I have to tell you something. Every morning, every morning when I get up, I tell myself that this is the last time. That I won't be able to live another day alone, not another day. And by noon, when I can't keep still anymore and the inside of my mouth feels like gunpowder and burnt copper and deep down in my gut... I've got an ache that won't go away, and it starts to spread through my body, tearing little trunks out of me. Then I think that I've got to hold out for one more day, just one more day. But I can't keep doing that forever. You hear me? I swear I'll lose my mind. You're breaking my heart. What do you know about it? That's enough. Let him go. Where should I? What do I have to lose? I said... Take your hands off me, you nutcase. Watch your mouth... Corey, he shouldn't worry about losing his mind. Look at him. He's already lost it. Back off, Adams. Now, you and Carstairs go back to the ship and get the supplies. Yes, sir. Go on. Do as I tell you. And the big crate, the one with the red tag, handle that one gently. How about using the truck out there? Some of the stuff's pretty heavy. It's not running today. <laughs> it isn't, huh? What's the matter, Corey? Out of gas? Lots of places to go around here. There's the country club past the mound over there. And the seashore over that way. And the drive through restaurant. That's around here someplace, isn't it? Knock it off, Adams. Get the supplies. I'm going. I brought you some parts for the truck. A set of coil springs. And some magazines, too. Strictly on my own. Some old vintage movies. Science fiction. You get a kick out of them. I'm sure I will. I brought you something else. Yeah. It would mean my job if they found out. 
Look, Allenby, I don't want your gifts. I don't want your tidbits. Makes me feel like an animal in a cage and there's a nice old lady out there who wants to throw peanuts at me. Allenby, I only got one question. What about the pardon? I'm afraid you're still out of luck. That's what I figured. The new regime, huh? The sentence reads 50 years. And they're not even reviewing cases of homicide. Allenby, take a look out there. What do you see? This is 90% of the view I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Did it ever cross your mind? Because it crosses mine every hour of every day. Unfortunately, we don't make the rules. All we do is deliver the supplies and pass on information. Because you're out of position for radio contact. Yeah. That's why they picked this place. Look, Allenby, a pardon. That's the only information I want. I'm not a murderer. I know. It was self-defense. A lot of people believe me, and it happens to be the truth. I killed in self-defense. I remember, Corey. Then why am I here? I doubt if it'll be much consolation to you, but this kind of assignment isn't easy. Stopping here four times a year, having to look at a man's suffering? You're right. It's not much consolation. Here they come. I can't bring you freedom, Corey. All I can do, all I can do is try to bring you things to help you keep your sanity. You want this big crate opened up, Captain? Not yet. Stay there. I'll be right out. Okay, I'll bite. What's the big box? You can open it after we're gone. If it's a 20-year supply of puzzles, you can take them with you. When I want a problem to solve, all I have to do is look in the mirror. We've got to go now. Did you hear what I said, Corey? Wait till we're gone to open it. And this is important. When you open up the crate, there's nothing you need to do. The item has been vacuum-packed. It needs no activator of any kind. The air will do that. There'll be a booklet inside that'll answer any of your questions. You're being awfully mysterious. I don't mean to be. Just like I told you, though. I'm risking a lot to bring it here. They don't know what it is. So I'd appreciate it if you wait till we get out of sight. No problem. Give my regards to... to Broadway. And every place else while you're at it. Sure, Corey. I'll see you. Allenby! Yes? I don't much care what it is. But for the thought, Allenby... For the, the decency of it, I thank you. You're quite welcome, Corey. Have a good trip! Two minutes, Captain. Go ahead and fire up the rockets. Yes, sir. Captain, just man to man. What did you bring him? What's in the box? I'm not sure, really. Maybe it's an illusion, or maybe it's salvation. Open the hatch. Let's get out of here. XB1 robot. This model represents the latest in modern technology. Do not think of it as a machine. For all intents and purposes, it functions as a highly sophisticated simulacrum of a human being. Mm. Hello. My name's Alicia. What's yours? Hold on a minute here. Don't I speak clearly enough? No, no, no. You sound fine. Fine. What is this thing? Both physiologically and psychologically, she is comparable to a living human with a full set of emotions. 
a writable memory track, and the ability to reason and speak. She is immune to organic illness and under normal circumstances should have a lifespan similar to that of a human being. Caution must be taken against exposure to excessive heat and moisture. She comes complete with a loose-fitting microfiber garment for general use. Would you answer my question, please? What question? What's your name? Um, Corey. My name's Corey. I like that name. Good. Glad to hear it. If you don't mind, what are you doing? What is this place? This is mine. My place. Yours? Where I live. Alone. Alan B must think I'm pretty far gone. Hey, 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 don't move that. It's my cup. I've still got some water left. Water? Do you like water, Corey? Yeah, I like it. Leave it, I told you. Would you like some more water? No, that's okay. Not right now. Very well. Where is your place? Where? On an asteroid, all right? Asteroid. I know that word. 6,000 miles north to south, 4,000 east to west. It's got atmosphere, gravity, the works. Now, why don't you just, just... What, Corey? Start saying my name! Get out! I don't want some machine in here! I'm not a machine. I'm an XB-1. Go on. Get out. Corey? 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 Ow! Blasted coil springs. What's wrong, Corey? Nothing, all right? I brought you some water. Where shall I put it? Just leave it. But it will get warm on the sand. It won't taste as good. You know that, huh? What it tastes like? I can feel thirst. Yeah? What else can you feel? I don't understand. Can you feel heat and cold? The wind? Yes. How about pain? Can you feel pain? That too. How? How can you? You're a machine. Excuse me. A different kind of machine. Yes. Of course you are. So why didn't they build you to look like a machine? Why aren't you made of metal with nuts and bolts sticking out of you? But wires and electrodes. Would you prefer that? You know, I might. Because then you wouldn't be a lie. A lie? Why did they cover you with stuff that looks like flesh? Why even give you a face in the first place? A face that if I look at it long enough, it almost makes me think... Makes me believe that... Believe what? Stop asking me stupid questions. I didn't mean to. Look at me. Don't hang your head. Corey. Turn that face up. I'm talking to you. Corey, please. Don't give me any of that phony stuff. Somebody program it into you? Why? What's the point? To mock me? I'm not mocking you, Corey. Yes, you are. Every time you talk to me, every time you look at me, like right now, I'm being mocked. You hurt me, Corey. Hurt you? How could I hurt you? This arm. It isn't real. Please, let go of me. There aren't any nerves under there. There aren't any tendons or muscles. There isn't any flesh and blood. But you don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? What are you doing? Oh, just what do you think? I'm looking for the right tool for the job, and you know what that job is? No. I'm going to turn you back into parts the way you should have been in the first place. Maybe I can use some of them in the truck. Corey, that's a hammer. That's right. That's what it is. 
You know what you are? You're like this broken down heap of iron sitting here. Exactly like it. You're just a hunk of metal and plastic and, and, and God knows what, with arms and legs instead of wheels. And that heap doesn't mock me the way you do. Doesn't look at me with make-believe eyes and talk to me with a make-believe voice. No. Well, listen, you, you machine. I'm sick of being mocked by some kind of ghost, by the memory of what a woman looks like. Well, I don't need it. I've got enough memories. I don't have to be reminded of anything. And that's all you are. Nothing but a reminder that, that I'm so lonely I'm about to lose my mind. That's right. Close your eyes if you want. I don't care. Corey. What are you? Oh, Corey. Are, are those tears? Yes. You can cry, too? When I have reason. I, I, I can't stand to see that. But why? What are you crying for? I'm frightened. Frightened of me? You can feel fear? Yes. The book said with a full set of emotions. What else can you feel? Sadness. You can? And happiness, joy, mystery, wonder, and other things. Such as? Loneliness. I don't believe it. Don't you? There you go again. Listen, it's hot out here. Yes, that's not good for me. We'll go back inside. All right. Yeah, better? Much better. In a little while, maybe we'll, we'll have some dinner or something, okay? That would be nice. And we can talk. If you wish. You like to talk, don't you? I mean, sit around and have conversations? Yes, Corey. What would you like to talk about? Anything. Tell me everything you know. Everything? I don't know very many things yet. You'll learn, Alicia. You'll learn. Here you go. Of course, it's only freeze-dried, but it isn't bad. Uh, you're not a vegetarian, are you? No, Corey. I hope you enjoy it. Me? This is for both of us. It smells wonderful. You haven't touched your wine. I'm fine, thank you. No, no, no. Go ahead. Drink up. I don't require food or drink, Corey. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, of course. What am I thinking? You should have let me prepare the meal. Why, you're not a slave. We're going to be partners from now on. You and me. No. But it means so much to you. I like to see that. It makes me feel happy. It does? Of course, I'm not a true human being, as you are. I don't care. I don't care how you were born or made. You're flesh and blood to me. I need you, Alicia. Do you understand? And I need you, Corey. Okay. Now we got that settled. Let's drink up. Here's to us. From now on, we don't need anybody else. Yes, Corey. Drink up. It's a beautiful night, isn't it? Sure is. I mean, it's the first night I've seen. 
I know about trees and mountains and streams. Are there any of those nearby? Afraid not. It's all like this. But we can walk as far as we want. You're not cold, are you? I don't think so. Here, take my jacket. Once it's dark, the wind gets pretty chilly. I'm fine. Really? Can we have a conversation now, Corey? Sure. What do you want to talk about? Anything you like. Oh, I've got tons of things to tell you. A whole life's worth. But you talk first. Tell me things I've never heard before. Tell me what you think, how you feel. It's very dark out. Yeah, don't worry. We can't get lost. See the shack back there? It's the only light in the whole place. I see other lights. Yeah. Up there. Oh, those are just stars. Really? I know some of the constellations. Well, they look different from here. Not like on Earth. That's where you, um, where you're from, isn't it? Yes. Are you from Earth, too? I sure am. New York, New York. You ever see the Great White Way? You mean the Milky Way? No, I mean Broadway in Manhattan. You should see it when it's all lit up. Can we see the Earth from here? <laughs> I don't think so. It's a million miles away, more than that. Sometimes planets shine almost as brightly as stars. Like that one. Where? Over there on the horizon. Oh, yeah, it must be a shooting star. Make a wish, Alicia, before it disappears. But it's not. It's moving this way. Must be a ship, then. Like the one that brought us here? Allenby's? Could be. There are a lot of ships out there. Will he come back? Allenby, I mean? Well, sure. You'll see. With supplies. Things to make our life better. But for now, let's just sit here for a while. Why? So we can look at the stars. Funny. I never paid much attention before. There's the North Star. You can see it even where we are. So bright. It looks like God's beauty. I like that, Alicia. God's beauty. I wonder if Allenby will believe it when I tell him. Me sitting out here counting stars with you. Will he mind? What? I mean, is it permitted? Now, why would he mind? It's good like this, isn't it, Alicia? best thing that ever happened to me. I hope you're right. Sure I am. We've got our whole lives ahead of us. Just you and me and... Have a little faith, will you? I'll try, Corey. I'll try. has been with me for 11 months now. Twice when Allenby brought the ship in with supplies I've hidden us so the others wouldn't see. But each time I've seen the question in Allenby's eyes. It's a question I have myself. And I don't have the answer. It's difficult to explain the sum total of this relationship. It's strange, all right. Man and machine. But it's also man and woman. There are times when even I know that Alicia is simply an extension of me, a mirror of my needs. I hear my own words coming from her. The things she's learned to love are the things I love. Where do you want to store the magazines and books, Corey? Anywhere, Alicia. Anywhere you'd like. 
I think I've reached the point now where I won't analyze her any longer. I accept her as a part of my life, an integral part. I don't know how I ever got along without her. Because I'm not lonely anymore. Each day is something I can live with, something new. It's a gift. Nothing else matters. Because I love her. I've been trying to get up the courage to tell her. That's all for now. Alicia? Yes? I think I'll go outside and work on the truck for a while. Shall I go with you? That's all right. Now, uh, wait. Why not? You can see how it's coming. Just don't stay in the sun too long. I won't. I haven't done much work on it lately, but it's going to get finished. And it'll be great, I promise. I believe you. Go on, get in the front seat. If you like. Right next to the driver. Are we going somewhere? We sure are. Let's see. Uh, how about burgers and a movie? But we have the movies Alan B. brought us. Haven't you ever been on a date? First, I pick you up. And we go to the movies. Driving. How about that? You don't even have to get out of your car. Then we go to a drive-in restaurant on the way home. We still don't have to get out of the car. Isn't that something? We order burgers and fries, maybe a chocolate shake. Then we drive home real slow. Home? You know, where we live. Where we really live. Where we belong. Mm. Sounds wonderful. Sure it does. There's lots of places we could go. Take a drive out to the beach or a cruise so I can show off my girl. Would you show me off, Corey? You're darn right I would. Because you're beautiful. Alicia, something I've been wanting to tell you. Corey? Yeah? What star is that? You can't see stars in the daytime. I was going to tell you. But maybe it's a ship. The ship's not due for another month. What is there. See it flash? It looks like silver. Wait a minute. It must be Helen B's. That's the only one that ever comes this close. Corey, what does it mean? I'll find out. You wait here. Just wait, all right? If you say so. scheduled stop for another month this is a scheduled stop what are you talking about we've got good news for you Corey hold on let me tell him tell me what well Corey forget it whatever it is I'm not interested you better hear what it is first you heard me Alan B I'm not interested don't you get it I don't care what happens on earth not anymore you will this time I guarantee it doesn't make any difference it's worse if we come back a month from now I'd have been eating sand or something I'll see you guys Leave the supplies by the shack. Corey, listen to me. It's this way, Corey. All the sentences have been reviewed. They've given you a pardon. We're not here to bring supplies. We're here to take you back home. What? But we've got to take off in exactly 10 minutes. We can't wait any longer. We're almost out of fuel. Any more than 10 minutes, and the coordinates will be wrong, and then I don't think we'd ever make it. Wait a minute, Allenby. What did you just say? 
What did you say about... You heard me right. A pardon. It won't do any of us any good unless you pack your stuff and get ready to move, Corey. We picked up seven men from other asteroids, and we've only got room for about 15 pounds of gear. So grab what you need and leave the rest of it behind. Such as it is. I don't even have 15 pounds of stuff. <laughs> got a shirt, a pencil, and a recordable diary. A pair of shoes? The truck you can leave here for the next poor devil. There won't be any next poor devil. There won't be any more exiles. You're the last. We'll leave it here to rust then. The father's auto junkyard in the known universe. And Alicia and I will wave to it as we leave. We'll just look out of the porthole and throw it a kiss goodbye. The car, the shack, the salt beds, the sand dunes, the whole works. Alicia and I will just... Who? Who, Corey? Oh, my dear God. I forgot. Ellenby, it's Alicia. You remember her. Is he out of his mind? Who's Alicia, Corey? <laughs> Who's Alicia? Adams, you idiot. You brought her here. You brought her in a box with a red tag on it. She's a woman. Well, a robot, technically. But closer to a woman. Much closer. She kept me alive. I swear to you, if it weren't for her, Corey, I don't know what to say. You worried about Alicia? You don't have to be. I tell you, she's just like a woman. And she's gentle and kind and... Without her, I tell you, I'd be finished. I'd have given up. The only reason you'd have to come back would be to bury me. That's what you wouldn't let us look at, huh, Captain? The crate. Sorry if I wasn't supposed to tell them. It doesn't matter now, Corey. But unfortunately, there's another problem. <laughs> problem? There are no problems left on heaven and earth. We'll pack up 15 pounds of stuff and we'll climb in that ship of yours. And when we get back to that beautiful green earth, 15 pounds? 15 pounds? You've got to have room for more than that. Throw out some equipment. Alicia weighs more than 15 pounds. That's the point, Corey. We're stripped now. We've got room for you and nothing else except that little recorder of yours and the pencil. You'll have to leave the robot here. Allenby, she's not just a robot. You live her behind. That's murder. I'm sorry, Corey. No, you don't understand. You can't leave her. Alicia! Come here! You'll see. You'll see why you can't leave her. Alicia! Alicia! Where is she, Corey? I don't know. Look, just pack your gear and get out. Captain, we've only got a few more minutes. Come on, Corey. No! I'm not leaving without her. I told you that. You can't leave. This is our last trip. It's off the route now. That means no supplies. That means if you stay here, you die here. And if you make that choice, there'll be a day, Corey, when you'll pray for death to come quickly. I can't help it, Alan B. I can't leave her behind. And you won't take her. So that means I stay. Alicia! Come here, Alicia! Let them see you. Don't be afraid. Corey, listen to me. I saw this... this thing get... Crated, shoved into a box. It's a machine with servo motor and wires and circuits and batteries. She's a woman! Captain Allenby, we've got to take off. How about it, Captain? We better leave it. We can't do that. Sick, mad, or half alive, we've got to bring him back. Those are the orders. Corey, it isn't just you now, it's all of us. So we can't argue anymore, Corey. We have to take you one way or another. I'm sorry, Corey. Grab it. 
piece of sand that floats through space is a fragment of a man's life. Left to rust is the place he lived in and the machines he used. Without use, they will disintegrate from the wind and the sand and the years that act upon them. All of Mr. Corey's machines, including the one made in his image and kept alive by love, but now obsolete in the twilight zone. <laughs> The Twilight Zone will continue after these words. You are about to enter another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land of imagination. Next stop, the Twilight Zone. 